For a gift that goes beyond the holidays, don't miss the Xfinity Beyond Black Friday event. Ask how to get $150 back on a package with the ultimate Wi-Fi and Xfinity X1. Your all-in-one entertainment experience. Simple, easy, awesome. Click, call, or visit us today. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. How are you doing? Welcome to the Geeky Retro Nerd Show. My name is Adam and I am a Geeky Retro Nerd. Um, great to have you with me once again. Another cracking episode lined up for you. And I've been meaning to do this episode for a long, 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 long time. Um, ages ago on Twitter, I asked the question, what is the best 80s cartoons? And I got a, I got a shed load of replies. You, you guys on Twitter absolutely love your 80s cartoons. So, so this isn't my top five 80s cartoons. This is your top five 80s cartoons. I've got to say, my top five isn't a million miles away. Um, it's very, very, very similar. Because uh, what I did was I ripped them all down and I totted up how many times each one was mentioned. And I've got a top five. But what I'm going to do is I'm just going to mention some of the ones that didn't make the cut. Because I've got some huge, huge cartoons here that didn't get into the top five. So things that stand out to me is uh, cartoons like Inspector Gadget. Absolutely loved <laughs> Inspector Gadget when I was a kid. It was brilliant, wasn't it? it he was, he was, he was absolutely he was thick as mince, wasn't he? He was absolutely clueless. He didn't know what the hell was going on. And every episode, it was Penny and Brain solving the crimes, and then he was getting all the credit <laughs> at the end. It was brilliant. Actually, I think they've rebooted it lately and they've souped it up a bit. It's not the same. Um, something else, DuckTales, didn't make it. Another classic was Scrooge McDuck, loved that. Count Duckula, now th- that was a UK one. I don't know if you got that in America or elsewhere around the world. I'm not sure. Um, another one that I don't think you might recognise if you're outside of the UK was Stop It and Tidy Up. Remember that one? Um, likewise with Trapdoor. Don't you open that trapdoor. I think that's another UK only one, possibly. If you're outside the UK, let us know. Did you get these cartoons, Count Duckula, um, Stop It and Tidy Up? Uh, Banana Man. Absolutely, that's probably another one. Sorry if you're outside the UK. Banana Man, that that was another one that I absolutely loved. Eric is Banana Man. If you're not familiar with it, it was a little kid called Eric and uh, when he ate a banana, he turned into Banana Man. <laughs> he was a superhero. Oh, good times. Um, Ulysses 31 didn't make it into the top five. It's got it's got to have one of the best theme tunes ever, hasn't it? That absolutely brilliant. Uh, what else have we got? Flintstones. Is uh, that an 80s cartoon? I, I know I used to watch it in the 80s. I'm not sure it was, that is an 80s cartoon. G.I. Joe, I think that was called Action Force over here. Dog Tanyan and the Four Musker Hounds. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mask didn't make it into the top five. Um, so what did make it into the top five? Well, we're about to find out. So here we go. Let's do it. At number five is this. <laughs> Go, go, go. 
So number five is The Incredible Real Ghostbusters, which obviously was an American animated television series and it was a spin-off from the fantastic 1984 movie Ghostbusters. Um, the series continued the adventures of our favourite paranormal investigators, Pete Venkman, Egon Spengler, Ray Stance, Winston Zeddemore, and of course the secretary Janine Melnitz and Slimer was in it. And it ran from September the 13th, 1986 to October the 5th, 1991. So it had a good run. So the real Ghostbusters ran for 140 episodes. And at the start of the fourth season in 1988, the show actually changed its name. Now, I didn't realise this. I must have been losing interest in it um, by the time 1988 came round. It was retitled to Slimer and the real Ghostbusters. So there you go. I didn't know that. Did you know that? Um, of course, it was voiced by some incredible talent in the shape of Arsenio Hall, Dave Coulier, Buster Jones, Laura Summer, Kath Susie, um, Jeff Altman, and, the, of course, the theme tune, the fantastic um, the song that everybody recognises, including my son, one and a half years old he is, absolutely loves it, um, Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. And I met, actually, Ray Parker Jr. last year at a Comic-Con, and a, a very nice fella he was as well. Uh, but what I was going to say was, when I mentioned my son there, me and my son watch the real Ghostbusters now, and he loves it. When the music comes on, he jumps up, and he dances around, and we're sitting and watch it together, and it's absolutely brilliant. So that's number five, the real Ghostbusters. Let's check out number four. Here we go. The Fantastic Danger Mouse, which of course was a British animated television show um, from Cosgrove Hall and Thames Television. And it ran from 28th of September 1981 to the 19th of March 1992. So another cartoon with a fantastic run. So Danger Mouse was a secret agent, wasn't he? Obviously he was a mouse. <laughs> the clue's in the title. But yeah, he was a secret agent. And the whole show was a parody of British spy fiction, things like um, James Bond. And as I said before, it had a really good run of about 11 year. And that was 10 series and 161 episodes. And again, the, uh, the voice acting talent in this is second to none. So we had David Jason as Danger Mouse. Um, I... Um, no, David Jason, and if you're in the UK, you probably know David Jason as Del Boy, out of Only Fools and Horses, and Terry Scott as well, out of he's famously in Carry On films. He was in Terry Terry and June here in the UK, and Terry's character was Penfold, who was Danger Mouse's little sort of scared sidekick. What was he? Was he, he was like a little mouse or something, wasn't he? Or a hamster. He was a hamster. And like I say, he was Danger Mouse's sidekick and he was always scared of everything and his, his catchphrase was like, Core Chief! <laughs> it was a rubbish impression. But if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. And again, this was one of my favourites when I was a kid. I had the figures um, and it was, it was an ever-present throughout the 80s for me because like I said before, it started in 1981. 
And on a Channel 4 TV show, 100 Greatest Kids TV Shows, Danger Mouse came third. It was beaten by The Muppet Show and The Simpsons. Well, it can only make number four on this list of top 80s cartoons. Let's have a look and see what's at number three. Killing me to talk over this track because it's so bloody good, isn't it? It's one of the best TV theme tunes ever. I love it. Thundercats. What a TV show. Um, 130 episodes ran from January the 23rd, 1985 to September the 29th, 1989. So it only had four and a bit years, but what a four and a bit years. It was amazing, wasn't it? So like I said, four seasons. Season one had 65 episodes, which was followed by a TV movie called Thundercats Ho. And then seasons two, three, and four had 20 episodes apiece, starting with a five-part story. Now, I don't know anybody my age that did not like Thundercats. It's just universally adored. And a lot of it is to do with that amazing theme tune that we just heard there. Just sucked you in from the start, didn't it? Absolutely brilliant. So Thundercats follows the adventures of the eponymous team of heroes, cat-like humanoid aliens on a planet called Third Earth. And the series plot begins with a dying planet Thundera meeting its end, forcing the Thundercats to flee their home world. And that's basically what, <laughs> what it was about. And the main characters were Lion-O, who was the head of the Thundercats, Panthro, um, Tigra, Chitara, uh, Wily Kitten, Wily Cat, remember them? And then you had Snarf, who was like the little mascot. And each episode famously used to end with a bit of a laugh. Somebody would crack a joke and then they'd all stand hands on hips, roaring with laughter. And Snarf will be giving his Snarf, Snarf, Snarf. <laughs> and then it was, it was always the same end of episode. But I loved it. It was absolutely fantastic. And like the other cartoons I've mentioned so far, they had a, a toy line. Now, I didn't have that much Thundercat stuff, I don't think. I remember one time going into Woolworths with my mum, and they had a Sword of Omens in there, and that was like the holy grail of toys at the time, and I didn't get it. Um, I haven't forgotten mum. <laughs> I got everything else, though. Um, so that's Thundercats at number three. What is at number two? He has a clue. Have you got it? Can you guess it? Of course you can. And the masters of the universe. I am Adam, Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Grayskull. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe was, for me, the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of 80s cartoons. Um, 
You've obviously done a great, you've got it in at number two. Um, it ran from September 1983 and ran until 1985. And it consisted of two seasons of 65 episodes each. And of course, there was a, a movie as well in the 80s, which I'm not going to talk about. Evil Forces of Skeletor. So the show takes place on the fictional planet of Eternia, a planet of magic, myth and fantasy. Its lead character is Prince Adam, the young son of Eternia's rulers, King Randor and Queen Marlena. Whenever Prince Adam holds the sword of power aloft and proclaims by the power of Greyskull, he is endowed with fabulous secret powers and transformed into He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. <laughs> Together with his close allies, Battle Cat, who undergoes a similar transformation from being Adam's cowardly pet tiger, Cringer, the sorceress, Teela, Man-at-Arms and Orko, He-Man uses his powers to defend Eternia from the evil forces of Skeletor. And Skeletor's main goal is to conquer the mysterious fortress of Castle Greyskull, from which He-Man draws his powers. If successful, Skeletor would have enough power to rule all of Eternia and possibly the entire universe. So I mentioned Castle Greyskull there, and that was the that was the peak toy, wasn't it? Castle Greyskull. That was everybody wanted that. Everybody wanted a piece of that uh, Castle Greyskull action. Um, I don't think I had that either. Um, but yeah, the, the toy lane around He-Man and Masters of the Universe, that, that's why the cartoon was made, to sell the toy lane. Incredible, wasn't it? I mean, it's it, it's commonplace now. It's, 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 it's expected now. But back then, it was revolutionary. Um, it, it wasn't really the done thing. They were, they were well ahead of their time. But I'm just going to read something out for you here that's on uh, Wikipedia. It's quite interesting. What it says is, despite the limited animation techniques that were used to produce the series, and it is limited, isn't it, when you watch it now. It's actually on Netflix, and me and my son watch it, uh, and, it and it is very limited. It doesn't look that good, to be honest. But he was notable for breaking the boundaries of censorship that had severely restricted the narrative scope of children's TV programming in the 1970s. For the first time in years, a cartoon series could feature a muscular superhero who was actually allowed to hit people, although he more typically used wrestling-style moves rather than actually punching enemies. But he does that punch at the beginning on the opening um, credits, doesn't he? Though he still could not use his sword often, more often than not, He-Man opted to pick up his opponents and toss them away rather than hit them. The cartoon was controversial in that it was produced in connection with marketing a line of toys. Advertising to children was itself controversial during this period. So like I said before, this was a well, way ahead, way ahead of what anybody else was doing. Now here in the United Kingdom, advertising regulations forbade commercials for He-Man toys to accompany the programme itself. In similar fashion to other shows at the time, notably G.I. Joe, which was Action Force over here, an attempt to mitigate the negative publicity generated by this controversy was made by including a life lesson or moral of the story at the end of each episode. And there is, isn't that? At the end of every He-Man episode, there is a a moral or a life lesson which is connected to something that might have happened in the episode so sometimes it's things like oh, oh go and tidy your room and um, stuff like that uh, don't you know respect your elders but sometimes it was there were, there were it was more hard-hitting things like not taking drugs 
and things like that. And that was at the end of every episode. So that was to balance out the controversy at the time. You know, basically there were, there, it was it was an advertisement. Adver- um, He-Man and Masters of the Universe was just one big advert to sell their toys. And us kids absolutely lapped it up. And our parents must have been going absolutely crackers because all we wanted was He-Man figures. So yeah, so the, the moral at the end of each episode was, was, the, was the sweetener to balance that out. Now, I could talk about He-Man all day, but I'll just finish on this note. IGN ranked He-Man and the Masters of the Universe as the 58th greatest animated show of all time in their top 100. 58th! No chance. It's definitely at least top 10. It's got to be. Anyway, (laughs) rant over. Right, what's at number one? Yes, Transformers is your number one cartoon of the 80s. You probably guessed at each <laughs> each number I was counting down. Is it Transformers? No. Is it Transformers? No. Number one has to be Transformers. And it is. It is number one. I'll be honest, it's not my number one. I'd probably have Transformers and He-Man the other way around. But what an incredible TV show. What an incredible cartoon Transformers was. Um, again, like He-Man with an incredible toy line. Probably an even better toy line. And the fact that obviously they transformed, and I remember at the time as a kid, this this was like next level stuff. This was futuristic. These toys, wasn't it? It was a car or something, a plane, and you you fiddled about with it, and it was a it was a robot. Incredible stuff. And it ran for four seasons, and there was ninety eight episodes, which ran from September the seventeenth, nineteen eighty four, till November the eleventh, nineteen eighty seven. And of course, as well, just quickly, I'll just quickly mention the the movie Transformers, a movie, incredible, wasn't it? Um, the movies that we've had since then, the live action ones, haven't been received all that well. I like the first one; the rest of them were pff, take them or leave them. But that original animated movie, incredible, absolutely incredible. But anyway, about the cartoon. It depicted a war among giant robots that can transform into vehicles and other objects. And it was based upon Hasbro's Transformers toy line, which I mentioned before, which itself was based upon the Diaclone and Microman toy lines originally created by Japanese toy manufacturer Takara. Now, Generation 1, as, as it's uh, commonly referred to, the, these the original seasons of Transformers, is the... For me, that's Transformers. It's been rebooted several times since, and I know there's a lot of fans out there that like the various stuff that's come out um, since the original um, season of Transformers, so those original four seasons and the movie. Um, But uh, to be honest, I haven't seen much of that. Um, I like this stuff. Generation 1 is Transformers. It's the real Transformers. So there you have it. That's the top five are your top five my followers on twitter's top five 80s cartoons do you agree 
Get in touch, let me know on Twitter at Geeky Retro Nerds or on Facebook, Geeky Retro Nerds Show page on Facebook. Um, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. The, the show's doing really well. I'm so, so chuffed. I'm so, so pleased. Um, so as long as you're listening, I'm going to keep doing them. So thanks very much. I'll catch you next time. Just in time for the holidays, select Craftsman tools are now available at Napa. Celebrate with a Craftsman 20-volt cordless impact wrench kit for just $149.99. It's the perfect gift for everyone in your list, even you. So get great savings on select Craftsman tools, now available at your local Napa store. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 12-31-19. For a gift that goes beyond the holidays, don't miss the Xfinity Beyond Black Friday event. Ask how to get $150 back on a package with the ultimate Wi-Fi and Xfinity X1. Your all-in-one entertainment experience. Simple, easy, awesome. Click, call, or visit us today. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas.